As I mentioned before, the basis of my sermon, the text, is uh, the story of the ten lepers. And I'm going to uh, ask you to read it with me uh, by all of us participating, not just hearing, but reading it. Uh, hopefully it'll have a, a little bit more of an impact uh, on us. Uh, join me now as we read the text. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. It's amazing how your understanding of Scripture changes when you actually study it. When we first chose this gospel, I said, oh, that's the gospel for Thanksgiving Day. I know what that's about. That's about gratitude. It's about returning to give thanks. The one who returned, Jesus commends him for returning to give thanks. So it's pretty obvious until you begin to study it. And as I studied it, I began to realize this passage does have some things in it about thankfulness and gratitude, but that's not the main point. The focus of this passage is faith. That's why Jesus says in verse 19, Rise, go, your faith has made you well. So I said, what is it telling us about faith? And so I kept studying, I kept digging, I kept asking, I kept looking. And then it became clear. What Jesus is telling the leper and, and would have us know as well is, is that faith has more than one function. Faith has different functions intended to create in us the different and distinctive responses. We see three of them in this text. Three functions that are to bring about three distinctive responses. And all ten of the lepers responded to two of those functions. Only the tenth responded to all three. Only he had what we might call a fully functional faith. And that's what I want to speak with you about this morning as we look ahead to this Thanksgiving. I hope that you will thank God that you have been given a fully functional faith. Now, what are those three functions? The first one we see in what the lepers call out to Jesus, the, that uh, a fully functional faith actually creates in us a response to bring humble requests before God. That's really what they brought was a humble request. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us or have pity on us. What we see 
is someone who did not bring an entitled response. Hey, Jesus, we've been suffering for so long. Don't you think we deserve to be healed? Nor did they bring a manipulative response. Hey, Jesus, think of what it'll do to your career if you heal ten of us at once. No, they brought a humble request. They, they came saying, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And, and that tells us something about their self-image, what they thought of themselves. They thought of themselves as both unworthy and helpless. Jesus, Master, you're so important, you're so significant, we're just simple, sickly nobodies. Have pity on us. We have nothing to offer. We need what you have to give. We're helpless. It also tells us something about how they viewed Jesus. Jesus, Master, you have the power. You can do for us what nobody else has been able to do, Jesus. But they also saw him as being compassionate that he didn't just use that power to negotiate with other people and get something for himself. Uh, what is it, a pro-quid, pro or whatever we talk about these days? No. He's willing to use his power for people who can't pay him back. And so they come before Jesus with that humble request. That's a faith that you've been given as well that you can come before Jesus, that you can find in him hope even when you find it nowhere else. I don't know what crisis you may be dealing with right now. Uh, maybe uh, similar to the uh, um, lepers. Maybe the doctors have said to you or a loved one, there's nothing more we can do. Uh, maybe you find yourself sinking into the quicksand of debt and, no, and have no way to get out. Maybe you are looking at a relationship that, that just no matter what you do, it, it, you just can't get it reconciled. I don't know what it is, and if you're not, you will face some crisis, and if nothing else, all of us will have to face the crisis of death at some point. But the point to learn from the ten lepers in this particular case is, is that when there's Jesus, there's always hope. And so we come before him with our humble request. As the hymn so beautifully puts it, is there, are there trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. There's another function that uh, faith has in our lives, and, and that is to generate in us trusting responses. It's significant when you look at this passage that uh, uh, Jesus doesn't heal them right away. Instead, he tells them, go to the priest. Now, we didn't hear the tone of his voice, but they may well have understood that. They were standing a distance. He's kind of yelling out to them, go see the priest. They, they might have thought Jesus was kind of brushing them off. Just get out of here. Go to the priest, go somewhere, but leave me alone. What Jesus was doing was testing them. 
Do you really trust me or are you just throwing a Hail Mary? Are you just coming here thinking this probably won't work either, but what do we have to lose? Or do you really trust me that I can do for you what is best? They passed the test, all ten of them. They left and went to see the priest even before they were healed. And on the way, they were healed. That's the kind of faith you received, too, in your baptism. When, when you came to faith in Jesus Christ, you, you received a faith that allows you to make a trusting response even before your prayers answered. You know, I think often we think when you pray, then you either get one of two answers. You either get yes or no. Actually, I think that rarely happens. And when it does, it really doesn't require any faith. You either get it or you don't. You say, well, that's the way it is. Jesus, or God, usually says an answer to prayer, in my experience, is not yet. Or maybe yes, but not the way you think you want it. Because that requires trust. That requires us to trust God even before he answers our prayer. It takes faith to do that. Joe Guido was a uh, man in his late 40s. He uh, uh, contracted L uh, uh, ALS, that Joe Luke Gehrig's disease, that, that dreadful disease by which your whole body breaks down, but your mind is as sharp as can be. When he first contracted the thing, he asked the kind of question I think most of us have in many cases already have asked. Why? Why, God? Why me? Why now? Why so young? I would visit him every week. We'd share the gospel. We'd talk about Holy... We'd give him Holy Communion and share it together. It was amazing to watch uh, the transformation that his, as his body got weaker... And broke down, his faith got stronger. And he would tell me virtually every week, Pastor, I know where I'm going, I'm at peace, I, I know I'll be with the Lord in heaven. And one week I remember he said to me, I, I know he repeated that, he, he said about all the confidence he had in, in the future, but, but he said the hardest thing about this is that I can't do anything. At this point, he was um, paralyzed from his neck down, uh, literally uh, a lifeless body, except he could turn his head, he could sip from a straw, and he could speak. That's all he could do. And I said, Joe, I can't imagine how difficult it must be, and, and I'm praying for you on a regular basis, of course, but I said, really, there is something you can do. You can still pray. You can pray for yourself, you can pray for your family, you can pray for me, you can pray for the church, you can pray for your friends and neighbors and everyone you know. In fact, you've got more time in one day to pray than most of us physically active people have in a month. He became a prayer warrior. He had found a new mission from God and he prayed for everyone he knew as often as he could and he would tell them that. At his funeral about a year or so later, he... Uh, I had a chance to visit many of the people who had come and, and chat with them. And they, uh, to the person, commented on how important it was to them that Joe was praying for them. That they were being supported by him. 
Joe, even in a situation that everybody in, in his natural state would say is hopeless, he found a mission and a way to serve God and other people. You have that faith, and so do I. It's been given to us in our baptism. Closer to home, right here, Stalis Lutheran. A month or so ago on a Sunday night, just hours before the faculty and students were coming together again to have a normal day of education, the tornado hit and damaged much of the campus. People would look at that and say, how are you going to do education in this kind of a setting? But under the leadership of David Bangert and our own Todd Nitz, the faculty and families came together and decided to make a trusting response. Not just pray about it, but to do that which could allow God to work through them. They set up, uh, first did some uh, online courses while they were getting the other stuff organized. Then organized the gymnasium and the classrooms so they could teach. And now as you look in the bulletin, you see the bringing in the uh, portables and, and whatnot. You, you see, their understanding of, the, of their mission is that not that it's their school. It's God's school. It's Jesus' school. And whatever Jesus wants to happen in that school should be allowed to happen. Our task is to be faithful and to give a trusting response so that he can do whatever it is he wants to do. I'm going to ask you to do something with me today that I have never in 50, almost 50 years of ministry uh, done in preaching. I've never yet asked anyone to give what Pastor Tom calls a um, uh, sanctified applause to God, but I wish that you would join me in doing that now for the witness of the families and faculty of Dallas Lutheran now showing us again how it's done to make a trusting response in the face of an otherwise tragedy. Please join me as you are able or willing. Thank you. And that's the faith that you have received. A faith that allows you to trust God, that he will eventually do what is best for you even before he answers your prayer. Now, these were two functions that both of all ten people responded to. But there was a third. And that is that faith creates in us the ability to make a grateful return. To come back to say thank you, God. To return to give glory to him. You, you see, for the other nine, they saw Jesus as a miracle worker, as, as a physician, if you will. Hey, he, we went to him to get healed. We got healed. It's all over. Let's go home. But the one saw Jesus as more than a physician. He was a savior. He, he was somebody through whom God was working. This was a God thing that happened. And, and you don't just walk away from a God thing. You come back and you say thank you. And you give your praise and glory to God. Jesus called him a foreigner. 
Well, he was. That's why he called him that. But, but by calling him a foreigner, Jesus is pointing out something pretty important. He says, this wasn't just part of his Jewish religion. This isn't something he was doing because his religion expected it of him. He was doing this because of a relationship with Jesus that he understood came from God. That, that Jesus was an intermediary between God and him. That Jesus was indeed not just a physician, but a savior. And when you understand who Jesus is, you come back to give him praise and thanksgiving. That's what a fully functional faith does. And that's the faith you've received. The faith that I received in our baptism, a fully functional faith. That's the only kind God gives. Some prosperity preachers will tell you that God is there to help you become prosperous and successful in life. That what you do is you offer your petitions to God, tell him what you want, and you trust that he's going to do it, and you act as if you already have it, and voila, you become rich and successful. You see the problem with that? The problem, that's a partially functional faith. That, that does the first two functions, but, but it, it makes it all about us. Here's what I want, here's what I need. God, give me what I want. The real Faith is a faith that in the end returns to give thanks to God, to give him the glory, to recognize that what happened was not because of us, it was because of him and all that was done on our behalf. That's the faith that you and I have received. Why else would you be here today? I mean, there's so many other places you could be. Have you heard the Black Friday sales are already going on on Sunday? You could be out there grabbing them. You could be out having brunch with the family or friends. You could even really sleep in very late. But you didn't. You came here. Why? I suspect it's for the same reason I did, because this is where Jesus has promised to be. He said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in their midst. Jesus is here. Why shouldn't we be? Because this is where we can come to return our thanks, to give him the glory for all of the blessings in our lives. Jesus is not just our physician. He's our savior. He came into this world at Christmas to be your Savior. He died on the cross on Good Friday so he could be your Savior. He rose again on Easter Sunday so he could be your Savior. He comes and returns to be with us so that when we hear the gospel, receive the bread and wine of Holy Communion, he can be there with the forgiveness of sins and the ability to strengthen that faith he gave us in Holy Baptism, that fully functional faith that allows us to make our humble requests and to, and to act trustingly, but also to give him all the glory for everything he continues to do in our lives through Jesus Christ our Lord. And my final prayer is that as you approach Thanksgiving this Thursday, that on the top of a very long list of things to be thankful for, 
you will thank God that he has given you a fully functional faith. So as you leave church this morning, I uh, ask that you do with the words of Jesus reverberating in your hearts and minds as well. Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Join me, please, in prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you again for having brought us together here and for having come and joined us in this opportunity, not only to, to offer our petitions to you, offer our, uh, be strengthened so that we might respond trustingly, but so that we can give you all the glory for the blessings that you have given us in our lives. We thank you, Lord, and we, we trust that as you continue to live with us and for us, that, that you will help us to live our lives in a way that will bring all glory to you, our Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen.